Next on BYU Sports Nation, another defensive gem for BYU basketball. The Cougars leading the race for second place in the WCC, but will they finish there after the final five of regular season play? BYU football cracks the top 50 in the Bill Connolly S&P rankings. What does that mean for the Cougars? Plus, I need a hero in Studio B. Connor Harding, fresh from the fight for BYU basketball. He joins us live. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, February 11th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us on BYU TV, BYU Radio. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU hockey savant, Brian Logan. Yep, I don't know what that word means, but yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I told you not to use big words around me. All right, my bad, my bad. Uh, BYU hockey expert, how about that? Oh, okay. You cool with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, I don't I know who Wayne Gretzky is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to teach you something, okay? okay? Okay. I am currently wearing a custom-made BYU hockey jersey, one like the Cougars wear in actual games. But they don't call it a jersey, Brian. In hockey lingo, it's called a sweater. Okay? Uh, okay? Because it it's huge? Is that why it's big? Well, uh, it's just part of the lingo. So if you walk up to somebody and say, hey, sweet sweater, and it's a hockey jersey, mm. they'll be like, oh, he knows. I get points. He knows. Okay, okay. He understands. Okay. Hopefully, if I, next time there's a long line somewhere and I see somebody in line wearing a hockey jersey, I'm going to go up and say that. Uh-huh, too. So uh-huh. I, so, I can, so I, can get in, I can get in the front and cut. 21, I thought that was Jamal's jersey. 21 is my favorite number. I have two favorite numbers, 11 and 21. Okay. 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 Why, so, 20, why 21? Just because it sounds and looks right. Ask right? Jamal. Yeah, Ask right? the swag daddy. It's, it's, he knows. It's, it's just like a it's a it's like a pretty boy swag thing, man. Yes. It, just, it just fits. It just he knows. Flows. He knows. Any sport too. It doesn't matter. Even hockey. <laughs> even golf. I don't even know if golf wears numbers, but golf twenty one would be a good number. And shout out to BYU hockey who won the Mountain West Championship over the weekend. Yes. Yes. This yes. is all purposeful. It's all purposeful. Here's today's show lineup. Brian, a top fifty ranking for BYU football. What does it mean for the future of the Cougars? Okay, Connor Harding coming off a game that saw him help lead BYU basketball to victory. What does he expect from his team in the final five games? And what kind of defensive effort or standard is he holding his team to against San Diego on Thursday? Yes. (laughs) BYU football alumnus Jordan Leslie among BYU football alumni reemerge on the professional football scene in the new Alliance of American football. Is that a big deal or no deal? Did you watch the game last night? I did. Yeah. It was nice. The Salt Lake Stallions and the Arizona Hot Shots. It was hard. It was hard decision to make between the Grammys and the game, but eventually, Band of Brothers. It got it got to my soul, and I remember what Bronco said. So I had to turn the channel. Football wins out. Mm-hmm. Football oh, is football is life. Do it for Brigham. That's right. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Speaking of BYU football, Sione Takitaki invited to the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Set for February 26th to March 4th, Taki Taki recorded 237 total tackles at BYU, 143 of those solo, as well as 14 and a half sacks and 32 and a half tackles Sweet. for loss. BYU men's basketball beat Pacific on Saturday, 69 to 59. 
Yogi Childs had 19 points and 10 rebounds in the win. Connor Harding gave the Cougars 13 points off the bench. He was enormous. BYU currently sits alone in second place in the WCC standings with five games to go. Finish second, get a bye to Monday. The aforementioned Jordan Leslie had two catches for 15 yards and a nice touchdown. The first touchdown catch in Salt Lake Stallions program history or franchise history. In the season opener, again, the debut of the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. Tanner Baldry also playing, had a catch for five yards, one tackle on special teams. Former BYU guy Micah Hanneman had five tackles and a 38-22 Salt Lake loss to Arizona. Two other guys, Handsome Taniello and Tuni Knuch, also on that roster. Nice, nice. You saw that catch, right? How he Absolutely. Just took it, took it, he just snatched it out the air. You know, over the defender. I'm surprised he didn't stick on the Denver Broncos practice squad. Like, he's got some serious game. I'm surprised he didn't do more of a better celebration. You just mauled somebody. Like, come on. Come on, man. But I I think I get what he was saying when he kind of slept. Like, you're sleeping on me, NFL. Uh Uh I respect it. Good night. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out, Jordan. Two BYU track and field athletes broke school records this weekend at the Iowa Classic and the Texas Tech shootout. This is awesome. This is amazing. Amazing. The performances include a school record 3,000-meter performance by Erica Burke Jarvis in the Iowa Classic. Mm-hmm. And then the next school record that was broken was by Clayton Young. And he broke the record in the 5,000-meter 5, race with a time of 13 minutes and 34 seconds. That Nicely was in the done. Texas Tech shootout. Clayton Young, Erica Burke Jarvis setting records. Look, man, Brigham, this is what we do at Brigham. We win championships in hockey. Our players go and play professional, and then we break records. <laughs> Come to Brigham, go to a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Brian, our friend Bill Connolly at SB Nation has released his S&P ranking to show you just how good football teams really are in the collegiate ranks. And what do you know, BYU football comes in at number 50 after the 2018 season and have high hopes moving into 2019. Speaking of those hopes, what does Bill Connolly's number 50 ranking at BYU tell you about the future of Cougar football? I mean, to, to me, well, maybe we should we should break down a little bit what, the, what does it entail as okay. far as... Okay. You know stats and and where things are coming from in order to kind of get this metric. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's a recruiting impact. Then there's a returning projection for guys that are coming back to play for the Cougar football team, specific to BYU in 2019. Then there's a weighted five-year total, uh, which all accumulates part of this projected S and P. Okay. So BYU in at number 50, uh, they are. Should say as far as returning production goes, number forty-four in this list of one hundred thirty Division One teams. Mm-hmm. So he likes what BYU brings back, probably because of what Zach Wilson did late in yep. the season. He was perfect. That's why. Oh my goodness! That's what perfection will do to you. Well, <laughs> get you a top quite literally. Ranking. Now the weighted five-year in the S and P rankings has BYU at number sixty-five, which is dead in the middle of college right. football. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at fifty, that's a jump up after. A forgettable 2017 season and the projection of what comes back at number 44. What do you think, Brian? I, you know, talking about this earlier, I, I I like the word of the the program health, right? Where where is 
your program in regards to you know the other schools that that are out there that are ranked um but but over but overall the the entire health of it right so it goes into the past and and what you know what things are have been done or accomplished in the past it goes um into the to the kind of right now right um as far as the recruiting um uh, and then it also go, takes into consideration what you did, you know, most recently. Um, and, and, and from from that perspective and standpoint, you know, what are you projected to do? And so to me, when you look at it from a from a program health standpoint, not just one factor of recruiting, not just one factor of what did you do for me lately in regards to last year or whatever the case is, it's the overall program health. And to me, to be sitting at 50, I think that is good, America. Right. That is really, really good to be in, in a top 50 in the nation um, into overall program health. That 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 means you are doing something. You are making an impact. You're not. I don't want to I don't want to I don't think that we are declining the way that fans or the perception, uh, you know, of, of of the BYU football program is out there right now. Um, and I think only because, you know, fans right now at this stage, you're only seeing the wins and the losses recently. But then you're also seeing the the, re, the recruiting and guys that are coming in with two stars, three stars, not four, not five, whatever the case is. So I, I'm happy, man. I think this is I think this is huge. BYU football at number fifty is that good enough? Is it good enough moving forward if the Cougars stay consistently at that number? Because BYU fans, a lot of them wear pretty thick blue goggles, and with the past of being consistently ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll, although that hasn't happened since 2009. It has been a decade Mm -hmm. since BYU has finished ranked in the AP poll. Let that settle in a little bit more. And it hurts to say that, but Mm -hmm. still, this this idea of the past, okay, consistently winning conference championships, finishing ranked, double-digit wins, all of that hasn't happened for a while. So what... What is good enough? For me, I think if BYU wants to get back to that category of winning with harder schedules, eight, nine games in independence, they probably have to push that ranking up into the top 40. Yeah. But is top 50 good enough right now? I mean, I think right now from from a standpoint of the program uh, in regards to Kalani coming on, right? I mean, you got to understand what happens when an an entire program has went through a shift. I mean, new coaches, it's new culture, you know, new players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, man, I, I mean, if now if this was if this was Bronco, if, if Bronco was still here and we had, you know, we had these rankings that we saw with with the records, it, I'd be like, man, I love you, coach, but you could, something's got to happen, right? I don't think this is good enough. But I think for where Kalani is at, what he's done recently, and the time that he's been given, I think BY, this is a lot better than what I thought expected this to be. Okay. So as far as the future of BYU football goes, the Cougars at number 50, and they return some significant experience. I still think seven wins happen on next year's schedule, Brian. And perhaps that number or projected number goes up if BYU can take care of business in late August. Countdown to the youths. 199-199. Under 200 days. Coming for you. To the everybody, season opener. Anybody that's wearing red on that day, watch out. Utah in Lavelle Edwards Stadium visiting BYU on a Thursday night to open up the college football season. No mercy will be shown. No love will be given until the clock is zero. Sub 200. All right, Brian, 
Let's uh, turn our attention away from football for a moment and go to BYU basketball. Yeah, we, we, can, we can go to basketball because I'm excited about what these guys are doing, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. And it gives me hope for the next five games, which is the final five games when it comes to BYU hoops and being able to finish strong. So, okay. Spencer, what do you expect for or from BYU hoops in the final games? Oh, man, this is the key stretch, right? And it starts this week with road games at San Diego, at LMU, and then BYU comes home to host a really good San Francisco team before they have to go back out on the road and play Gonzaga. And then BYU wraps up the regular season with San Diego in Provo. This is quite the stretch. I expect BYU to handle business on their home floor. I think they'll beat San Francisco. I think Mm -hmm. they'll beat San Diego and Provo. They're a different team at home. The energy is really good. So at worst, the Cougars go two and three in this five-game stretch. If they want to finish in second place, they have to finish at least three and two over the final five. So can they split the road trip this week, either winning at San Diego, who is 11 and one on their home floor? Hmm. Yikes. Hmm. Or at LMU, and playing in Gersten Pavilion has always been kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Whether it's Firestone Fieldhouse or Jenny Craig Pavilion in San Diego or Gersten Pavilion in L.A., the Southern California road venues have been really tricky for BYU basketball. I say probably they're a little bit tired. You know, it's you play a little bit later, right? BYU does play a lot of uh, late games on the West Coast, but I see BYU going three and two. I see. I think they'll they'll win three of the last five. Who's going to beat Gonzaga right now? Gonzaga just beat St. Mary's by 48 points. 48. Yeah, that's, not that's not fair, man. They should vote to get Gonzaga out of the conference because. <laughs> Gonzaga is Duke. Gonzaga is Kansas. This is not they fair. They're that level of team in the West Coast Conference. They just beat St. Mary's by essentially 50. Yeah, RIP to St. Mary's Okay, so their, their, their hearts Yeah, it, it will take a straight-up miracle for well, BYU well, to win in Spokane. And, and you, you're, you're right on track with TeamRankings.com. They have BYU finishing 3-2. and two. Okay. ESPN has them finishing 2-3. and three. All right. Uh, and then Ken Palm has BYU finishing 1-4. and four. Okay, so now I just think that's too low. I, I'm sure Ken Palm probably is giving a little bit of an advantage to San Francisco and Provo, but... I, I don't think BYU is going to lose I, another I mean, game at home. I mean, I think I think you're right in regards to to the home, um, but I, I don't know, man. I think I think with with what we've seen recently with BYU and defensively, I, I, mean, I can't say this enough, man. Defensively, they, something is clicking, something is going, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won both. If they won on the road, both both of them. Wow. Yep. If BYU beats San Diego on Thursday, you're gonna take me to dinner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will take you to dinner on Thursday if BYU beats San Diego. Roost Chris. I'm not going to Roost Chris. Oh, okay. I want a tsunami. I'll take you to In N Out. Oh, it, no, it's, nope. It's against my religion to get In N Out. Do protein style, okay? Maybe. <laughs> no Maybe. buns. You just buy me some gushers or something. Okay. Or some gushers, whatever. You okay. choose. Gushers or In N Out. Okay, gushers. If BYU wins on Thursday against San Diego, Brian, I think that they will sweep the road trip because I yeah. believe that is the toughest game that BYU has other than Gonzaga I think at San Diego is the next toughest game that BYU you, you, you will know, play. N- I, nobody knows how important momentum is and playing and peaking at the right time than myself the 2010 team the takeover right and all the momentum that we had it's something about a team when that when that light bulb goes off that uh, oh my gosh I do exist yeah, oh yeah. man I do have a purpose yeah. I have a purpose oh my gosh I, every team has that aha moment and I, I believe the last couple games they had it, and specifically defensively. 
Okay, so are you going on record saying the BYU will go four and one in yep, the last I, five? Yep, I said it. Record it, rewind it, DVR it, app it. Whatever you gotta do. Brian has BYU basketball four and one in the final five. Four and one. I got him at three and two. I'd love four and one. It, it's if they beat San Diego, they got a real shot to do what Brian says they'll do. Four and one defense. All right, back to football <laughs> now. Sione Takitaki is invited to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, running from late February into early March. We have watched him climb the ranks steadily, Brian. After the season got over, there was this idea that Corbin Kafusi was the most draftable BYU player, but Taki Taki plays in the East-West Shrine game. Then he gets a late invite to the Senior Bowl, and now he's going to the Combine as the only member of the BYU football t- team mm-hmm. uh, that has officially been uh, invited that we know of. Is he the most draftable BYU player right now? It's, that's tough, man, because I, I hear what you're saying as far as a lot of the hype and the recognition that he's been getting. And he deserves it, right, when you ball out in, in these you know, practices or in these situations when you're spotlighted, when NFL scouts have nothing else to focus on except for a, you know, a group of 200 or 300 kids through various bowl games. But I'll say this, man. When you look at his offers and you know, get him getting these last-minute type of opportunities – that, that usually means that somebody has either got hurt or didn't accept. Maybe that there was, you know, a, a certain amount of spots open for juniors that were coming out early that, you know, that, that chose to stay for their senior year, whatever the case is. I'm not trying to downplay what he did or I'm not trying to downplay, you know, his, his athletic ability. I think he can play in the NFL. I mean, I've, I've seen him play his whole career here and he, he deserves it. I just, I'm just, I just say there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that we aren't aware of and we don't see why guys get opportunities and invites, especially. And so when you look at him, him getting late invites and players getting later invites, that tells you that you weren't the number one choice or the initial choice on the list, right? And then when you look at the combine, not every, not every kid gets drafted. You know, like Max went, right? He didn't get drafted. I get it. I'm just, I'm just saying, but he has a good chance. Is he the most draftable? If you look at Corbin Kafusi and Austin Hoyt, is Sione the most draftable? Even if he doesn't get drafted, is he the most likely to be drafted? Yes. Okay. I'd say that. I'd say that. It's, it's, I, I hesitate. Ah, I, I hate you. I hate this question. <laughs> look, look, it's hard because I understand more than anybody, anybody being five, a 5'6 five, corner when the average height of a D1 corner is 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, right? grief. I understand more than anybody. It doesn't matter about your stats. It doesn't matter about the team you play. It's always irrelevant. But if you got, you know, six foot 13 frame and 200 and something pounds and you can run like a gazelle like Corbin, teams are going to look at that more than they look at anything else. Anything else. Because you can't teach speed. I can't teach height. I can't teach weight to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? So I can teach him to how to have a Sione type of season and production. I can't teach Sione how to grow 10 inches. <laughs> right? I can't do this. It's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. It doesn't work okay. that way. The thing that's working against Corbin right now is he's coming back from injuries. Okay? And injuries. Right. Not just one. Right. It's multiple. But how much will that affect what the NFL scouts think of his durability? And I mean, all of this. It that's is a, a cattle point. call when yeah. they are looking at these guys. It's crazy. I think Sione is the most draftable player right now. And I said that if you're in the fifth to seventh round projected stage, that's, that's tough to guarantee like you don't a draft. Go. Okay? You don't want to go. But Sione, I saw a projection last week that had him in the fourth round, Brian. And now, now I'm like, oh, okay, may, there, well, there maybe, just maybe this trend will continue and he is going to be drafted. There you go. 
Okay. The, those numbers are climbing. So we'll those, see. Those don't, yeah, those don't lie. We can go back and, and see how accurate those have been in the past. I think Alani Fua was probably the only one was that was projected fifth, sixth, seventh round and didn't get drafted. He was a free agent. That I can remember. That okay. I can remember. So if Sione's fourth round projection, man, good good shot. Yeah. Okay, enough football for now. Our question of the day, focusing on BYU basketball. What do you expect from the Cougar Hoopsters in their final five games at San Diego, at LMU, home to San Francisco, at Gonzaga, and then hosting San Diego. Time to hear from you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At WDHeath40 in on Twitter, a continued commitment to defense. It seems that BYU has fully bought into that mindset. I expect that to lead to a 3-2 and two finish at worst, Four and one if the offense is strong. Hey. Hashtag BYUSN. Let's go defense. Hey, they're doing some good things. We'll tell you just how good and how rare what BYU is doing uh, in just a bit. Coming up in uh, Big Deal, No Deal. That's right. And coming up, we will also tell you how important it is to the players that the Cougars get that second seed for the WCC tournament. Let's ask a player, Brian. Let's do that. Let's ask a player. What are the expectations going into the final five games? Connor Harding, fresh off the fight, joins us in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Asking you, Connor. Get ready. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, watch or listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio as Coach Dave Rose joins my favorite Canadian, Greg Rebell, to discuss Cougar Hoops. Reserve your seats for the show in Studio C right now on BYUCougars.com forward slash Rose Show. It's tomorrow 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That's an illustrious list of uh, your favorite Canadian. So to be on top of that, yeah, you gotta have some swag. It goes, it goes Greg, Drake, and then Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Greg appreciates that, I'm sure. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, alongside Brian Logan. Listen to BYUSN on demand by downloading the podcast. Myriad of ways to do that. Watch the show by going to byusn.com and experience the show whenever, wherever, and however you want. Joining us now in Studio B. For the first time ever, is BYU freshman guard, or should I call you a forward, Connor Harding? You decide, Connor, guard or forward? Let's go forward. Okay, we're going to go forward for Connor Harding. He's a stretch forward. He can shoot it from outside. Connor, huge win for BYU basketball uh, against Pacific on Saturday night. And, And huge in that you maintain second place. And you keep pace to uh, finish in one of those top two spots. How much is that on the mind of the team, knowing that, hey, if BYU finishes second, you get a bye into Monday at the West Coast Conference Tournament? Yeah, I think, I think that's our goal right now for Positively Sure is to finish second in the league. You know, every game is it's getting bigger and bigger at the end of the season because our goal is still to make it to the NCAA uh, tournament. And the way to put ourselves in a position to do that is we have to finish second. We have to get those byes. We have to stay rested and be ready to play in the tournament. I mean, that's big. So from a from a player standpoint, you know, I, and I can I can say this. I I, I have experienced 
playing. And I understand week in and, and week out, you know, how important games are when something as big as this is on the line. So with, with you guys and, and your team, um, how much does that play a role into your preparation and going into the games? And maybe let's say if you see somebody slacking off our practice, you're like, no, man, come on, let's, let's, let's get it going. You can't have no, no Twinkies right now. We got we to gotta finish second. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great point. And our focus is, you know, it all starts in practice. And, you know, when our practice is not going good, we all huddle together and we say, hey, you got to pick it up. We got to pick up defensively and we'll stop practice. You know, Yoli or TJ or Luke or one of us will stop practice and say, hey, this is not cutting it right now. Love it. You know, and that's what happened early on in the season. We didn't really have that, that, that leadership, that edge to us. Right. But later on, as we went, we're like, we got to get it together. And so that's what we started doing, saying, hey, man, let's go. Let's go. Let's let's go. go. It's time. See, so. th- that, that explains a lot, especially because as, us as, as analysts and as fans, you know, for you guys to, to pick it up the last couple of games, and especially on the defensive side, you know, it's like, well, you know, what is it? Is, is it you guys are just more comfortable? Um, are you understanding the schemes? Are you guys putting more effort in? Are you running sprints? <laughs> you know, you're getting punished. But I, I like that, what you said, the, the leadership. Yeah, you know, and that's, and that's where it starts with, with the team is the leadership. And, you know, I think that's where we focused on a little bit. You know, we haven't really changed anything. It's just, you know, our attitude that, that we've changed on and off the court. Mm. Connor Harding, BYU freshman forward with us on BYU Sports Nation. I talked to you right after the game on Saturday night about your role and how it evolved in that specific game against Pacific. T.J. Haas goes one for eight, does dish out a bunch of assists, but his usual uh, – reliable shot, not dropping. How does your mindset shift when you see some of those guys and their shots aren't falling? Yeah, you know, when I, when I see that, you know, I got, I got to step up. And, you know, TJ and Yoli, I mean, they're pretty consistent um, day in and day out. And so when I see, you know, when people get in foul trouble, you know, I, I got to step up. I got to get more rebounds. I got to find my shot. I got to cut more. I got to do things that will help my team. You know, within the flow of the game, obviously. And so that's just what I try to do, try to keep the mindset of just being aggressive and being myself. Are you aware when your shot is fault? Like, are you, are you so in the game that you're not really paying attention? Or do you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling it tonight? Yeah, you, I, that game, I, was, I felt like the focus in that game. Like, and I was kind of feeling it. Like, everything I felt like was coming off. Like, the shot clock was running down one time, and I got a little step back, and I thought it was in. I was, I was getting all excited about it. And it went <laughs> off long, but I just felt good that night. So... That's always a good feeling. Is that everything just slow down and you just kind of, it's like that Michael Jordan um, moment or LeBron James moment or even going back to when you were kids, right, in the, in, in the front yard and you're like, hey, you know, two seconds, two seconds left, boom, boom, boom. Did you go through that in your mind? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, st- I still do. I mean, as a little kid or right now, you're still in the gym and you're like, you're, you're going through plays and you're running it through your mind. And so, you know, you get into that focus, that mindset every once in a while. I think it's pretty rare sometimes, but when you get into it, it's, it is, it's yeah. awesome. It is, it is rare. You got, sometimes, sometimes you accidentally drink Michael's special juice, and then you get, you get that focus. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get some of that special juice, please, just for life in general? Uh, Connor Harding with us on BYU Sports Nation. Out on the road this week. For what I am real, I'm really looking forward to this week because I think there are two significant challenges that await BYU basketball, starting with a very good San Diego team on Thursday. They're coming off a tough loss against Pepperdine, and then you get LMU in Los Angeles on Saturday. What's the hardest part about playing in the West Coast Conference when you're on the road? 
Um, I think the hardest part is just, you know, adapting to, to the different environment and the atmosphere that you play in because you go to the Marriott Center and we have awesome fans and it's loud and it's, you know, it's upbeat. And then you go to, the, you know, the smaller gyms and, you, you know, you have to pick it up mentally. Yeah. You have to get yourself going. The bench has to get people going on the court. And so, you know, that, that's, that's really hard. But, you know, overall, it's just hard to win in the WCC on the road. You know, their, te- their teams are really good, and the teams are really good, and, you know, but just, just the atmosphere, the change. What's the best way to manufacture energy when you're playing on the road? Get a stop, the very first, the very first play on defense. It, I mean, offense, you know, that just comes, that comes along, but if you get a couple of stops at the start of the game, then that brings energy. So when you guys have had success on the road, and you, and you think back to those moments, like Spencer asked, is it just the stops, or is there more things that has helped you guys gain the energy or, you know, stop the opposing team's momentum? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think I th- really do think it's like the stops or like a, like a charge or something like that and then a quick basket. And that just, you know, that builds confidence on people on the bench and on the floor, like, you know, let's go. Like, everyone's going to be hitting this game. Mm. And so, you know, it, we just build off each other. What do you know about San Diego basketball right now after some film review as you prepare for the Toreros on Thursday? You know, they're, they're a solid team. I know, I know their point guard, Isaiah Wright. I played against him uh, in Idaho, and, and he's a solid player. And he makes, the right, he makes the right play and the right decision. He's pretty good defensively. And so whenever we play good against a good point guard, you know, our defense, we have to, we have to keep to our scheme. And so that's, that's kind of a little of a worry, but nothing that we haven't handled before. What, what are the keys to the victory to, to winning that game for you guys? You know, I think the key. Give me, give me three. Give me three. Give me three. I'll, I'll give. I'll give you three. Okay. Okay. We're gonna okay. have to. We're gonna have to win the rebounding. Okay. Um, we're gonna have to win rebounding. Defensively, we're gonna have to what we call kills. Mm. We're gonna have to get our kills. That's three stops in a row mm-hmm. uh, throughout the game. Is there a number okay. that, you, that you aim for? Yeah. And so, if you get three stops in a row, that counts as a kill. Uh-huh. And so, I think we go for like four or five kills in a game. Okay. And if we. If we reach that, we usually win the game. Okay. Uh, and that's okay. a stat that, uh, that uh, Nate Austin keeps on the bench. And, nice. and he yells it out, we got to kill. And the whole bench, and that's what gets us excited. Nice. And nice. So, uh, so rebounding, kills. And then obviously, I think a big one is we're going to have to at least get 15 assists as a team. Okay. You want to share the ball. Because not surprisingly, when a team shares the ball, you – do some good things offensively. Now, BYU has been so good as a team defense against Portland, LMU, and Pacific. What kind of uh, defensive challenge do you have in in stopping San Diego? Because typically they're not a super high-scoring team, and they don't mind playing at a slower pace. So, I mean, if you had to hold them under a certain mark, what what would it be? What what are you aiming for? I'd say under 55. Under 55? Yeah. And, and and we'll we'll for sure win the game. Are you saying that, or is that the is that the game plan? That, the that's what I'm saying okay, right now. Okay, okay, that's okay. what I'm saying. I respect that because <laughs> you know might as well keep it rolling from all the other games. Exactly, you know, keep it going. Exactly. Well, you guys you guys did it before, right? And and you guys are getting the momentum. Um, and and it, let's let's actually talk about that from a, from a player's perspective and standpoint. When you guys have been struggling for so long with certain aspects of the game, and then you come out, you do it, right? You change things up, leadership, right? You start to see that. Then you see kind of the, the, the evidence of what that did. And then you go, huh, I got some confidence now, right? So what's the difference been confidence-wise and swag-wise since you guys started seeing success on the def- defensive side? You know, um... Again, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> he should be. Yeah. 
You know, I, know, I, I love that. The, 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 you know, we, we walk around with some swagger, like, you know, we're going to get up in you yep. and we're, we're going to beat our opponent mm-hmm. across from us. And I think that's like kind of the attitude we have. Like, we're not going to back down. And, we're, you know, we're going to get stops. We're going to get right up in your face. And then that leads to the offensive side of, of being aggressive. Mm. And so then we walk around like we're going to kick some people's butts like that, you know, and that keeps from practice and keeps going and keeps rolling. And I think that's changed our team overall. You've been contributing uh, for a while now, and you've stepped in nicely, but it's been eye-opening to watch the uh, switch that has flipped for Gavin Baxter because in mid to late December, he was going through some stuff and was kind of second-guessing himself, and he was really sped up and didn't play a lot. Now it's like he's turned into a different player. Why is that? You know, I just feel like he just got comfortable with the flow of the game, the pace of the game, and then he just started building his confidence in that, and then... Now you see the product of that. Right. The dude's yeah. a freak on the court. I mean, you lob it up, he's going to dunk it. He alters shots. And shots that you don't think no one's going to touch, the next thing you know, he tips it up in the air. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for Gavin and what he's done. All year, as coaches, as players, like, we knew that we needed Gavin. And eventually we knew he would, he would come around. We just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's hard as a freshman or as a player when you go through your little, you know, yeah. Your slumps. Yeah. You know, I kind of went through a slump just in the last like month or so where I didn't really have a spark to me or anything. And then finally, you know, you have a breakout game and you start building on that. Yeah. And so Gavin, he stepped up. All right. Let's do our part. And uh, I know you're new to Studio B, but when you come on the show, we give you BYU Sports Nation karma. And you're already a good player, but uh, more often than not, you take this karma and it boosts your game. I I need that. I okay. Love it. <laughs> I, go ask your teammates. Go ask your coaches. Go ask Coach Lacombe about the BYU Sports Nation karma. He'll tell you all about the validity of it. <laughs> it's legit, man. It's legit. We'll <laughs> we see. also would like you to uh, sign our uh, Sailor Coog flag before you leave the studio. So, Connor, great to have you. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Connor Harding signing the flag. It's going to be worth something someday, Brian. I hope so. I'm going to <laughs> try to steal that from you guys secretly. Don't, don't tell nobody that. <laughs> Coming up is a game and a half lead in the standings. A big deal or no deal right now? Uh, speaking of BYU basketball and more from you as we go to Voice of the Nation. That's right, Connor. Big money right there on the flag someday. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm definitely still in that. BYU Sports Nation continues on a Monday. Let's keep it rolling with a second look at today's BYUSN headlines. Starting with Sione Takitaki invited to the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana from February 26th, runs through March 4th. His chance to impress a plethora of NFL scouts and try and push himself further up some draft boards. Takitaki, 237 career total tackles, 143 of those were solo. The leading tackler for the Cougars in the 2018 season. He finishes his career with 14 and a half sacks and 32 and a half tackles for loss. Interview of a lifetime, man. Probably one of the only few interviews that you will have to, uh, that, that will be conducted naked in spandex. <laughs> what? Yes, that interview. But then, but then you meet with the individual teams, and Daniel Sorensen told us, it's like they ask some weird questions. Like they said, take a paper clip. Uh, how many different things can you do with a paperclip? Tell me in 30 seconds. That's like, See, they just, whoa. That's not even real. They just do that to mess with you. Okay, uh, those are the things that happen. Yeah, they're, they're kind of weird. It's okay. Anyway, BYU men's basketball beat Pacific on Saturday, 69-59. Yoli Childs bowled out again. He had 19 points and 10 rebounds in the win. 
Connor Harding gave the Cougars 13 points off the bench, and we just spoke with him. He's got the karma. Hey, the karma, the karma will do you they well. They need it in man. San Diego. It will do you well. BYU currently sits alone in second place in the WCC standings with five games to go. I wonder if the Channel 4 news team is going to be there at the game on Thursday. Jordan Leslie had two catches for 15 yards and the first receiving touchdown in Salt Lake Stallions franchise history. It was the debut of the Alliance of American Football this past weekend. Other BYU players, Tanner Baldery had one catch for five yards, big tackle on special teams. Mikey Hanneman had five tackles and a 16-point Salt Lake loss to the Arizona Hotshots. Tuni Kanuch, handsome Tanielu, also on that Salt Lake team. Nice. Two BYU track and field athletes broke school records this weekend at the Iowa Classic and the Texas Tech Shootout. The performances included a school record 3,000-meter performance by Erica Burke Jarvis in the classic in the Iowa Classic, and Clayton Young also broke the school record in the 5,000-meter race with a time of 13 minutes and 34 seconds in the Texas Tech Shootout. Well done to a couple of fantastic athletes. Our question of the day. What do you expect from BYU men's basketball in their final five games? Let's run down those games really quickly. At San Diego Thursday, then Win. at LMU. Win. BYU home to San Francisco. Win. Then at Gonzaga on February 23rd. <laughs> and then home to San Diego to close out the regular season. Win. At Ryan Sullivan, answers on Twitter. I would like for us to go 5-0 and in these last five games. That won't happen because Gonzaga, well... He says, because they have to play Gonzaga still. So I expect either 4-1 and one or 3-2 and two with Gavin Baxter and Yoli Childs needing big games and Nick Emery to continue to be a key part as well. Nick Emery played really well on Saturday night. He seems to be finding his swagger once yep. again. Finding the swag, finding the, the rhythm, man. The, the rhythm, right? Getting back into, into, into things. So happy for Nick and his story and getting back at it. Okay, 4-1 and one or 3-2. and two. That seems to be a common answer. Yep, 4-1. and one. Big deal, no deal is coming up next. Is BYU's defense over the last three games worth talking about? History would suggest that it is, Brian. We'll get into the details of that. And you heard us talk about the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. It debuted this weekend. But did you watch and will you watch this BYU Sports Nation? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's volleyball will make their BYU TV debut this season on Thursday as the Cougars host Concordia at 9 p.m. Eastern. See the game live on BYU TV or the app. Oh, we'll be watching. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What do you expect from BYU men's basketball in the final five West Coast Conference regular season games. Randy Thomas answers on Facebook. Since we really haven't beaten a decent team on the road this season, come on, I'll wait and see what this <laughs> week brings. Three and two to finish the season would be good. See, it seems like that's where, that's that's the realistic. I think I think as far as the the goals and you know what people are looking for, I think if if, if BYU can finish three and two, people and fans would be happy. If so. BYU goes three and two, they win eleven conference games. Eleven and five might be enough to get you the two seed. Four and one, you're in, baby. That's why I said four and one. You're in. Join the conversation twenty four seven on social media by using the hashtag BYUSN. Let's play big deal, no deal. Big deal, no deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing, Ben Bagley. It's time for you to join the program and bring the heat. Hey Hi, you guys. Ben. Hey Ben. 
Hey, Brian. Hey, number one, big deal, no deal. BYU having a game and a half lead going into the final five games over USF and St. Mary's. You want to go first, Brian? I think it's a big deal. And the reason why I'm going to say it's a big deal is because of the interview that we had with, with Connor. And, and, and I loved how he said the leadership. And I loved how he said, you know, we're starting to take responsibility now. And that essentially has been the reason for the uptick defensively and just the overall swag and the spark that we have. So, you know, when, when, when we talked to him about battling for the second seed, that's what, that's what the mentality is like now. So being able to say, okay, guys, we're up. You know, we're trying to battle for this. We still have goals and aspirations. Let's continue to go. I think with the new leadership, it's a big deal. Yes, this is a big deal. BYU has put themselves in a position to have a bye in the West Coast Conference Tournament through Monday. And no, they don't have to win the last five games. Keep in mind, St. Mary's St. Mary's still has to play Gonzaga again, Brian. That's a loss, yeah. Okay, okay. BYU hosts San Francisco, so the Dons have to come to Provo. They've already got four losses. If BYU can, if they just win their home games, they will finish no worse than a tie for second place at 11 and 5. Okay? This is a big deal. BYU has put themselves in prime position to win that number two spot. Absolutely. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops holding opponents to 52 points per game over the last three games. Whoa! Can I go first, Brian? Yeah, go this is a big deal because they're doing something that does not happen often, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU held opponents under 60 points in three straight games, eight years ago in February of 2011 when BYU held Air Force, Utah, and TCU all under 60 points. BYU doing it on the road at Portland, then at home against LMU, and then held Pacific to 59 on Saturday night. This does not happen often. You might say, well, look at the level of competition. I don't care. Don't matter. How come BYU hasn't done it more then? Because they've played this level of competition in stretches during each of the last eight or nine seasons. Mm -hmm, So why why haven't they done it? It's hard to do. Mm -hmm. They've found a groove defensively. This is a big deal to me. It's a, it's a huge deal, man, to me. I don't even got to say I'm laughing and smiling at the camera right now because we all know what I'm about to say. Defense wins championships, baby. <laughs> Defense wins second place in the West Coast Conference, right? Gonzaga doesn't count. <laughs> Defense wins championships. If you're number two in this league, you're, number, you're really number one. If you're number two, you are number one by default. It's by default. Gonzaga just get the crown. They, they win preseason votes, all that, whatever the case is. It don't matter. It doesn't matter, man. We don't even count them. Let's not even count. Let's, as a matter of fact, let's, we, should, we should take the losses from Gonzaga. We should remove them. But the, we keep the wins, though. Yeah! Yep. Brian Logan rules. Yep. Yep. For president. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of the WCC. What can BYU do at San Diego on Thursday? Can they manufacture that traveling defensive energy against uh, a San Diego team that's going to be a little bit snake-bitten, a little bit motivated, salty because of what happened to them against Pepperdine on Saturday? Huge game coming up. Next. So, so let me get this straight, Brian. You're saying in the WCC there's one and one B, not really a mm. two. It's just one and one B. I actually like that. Yes, one and oh. one B. Okay, just yeah. checking. Number, th- number three, big deal, no deal. <laughs> Connor Harding's 55 points or less almost guarantee. You go first, Brian. <laughs> it's a huge deal, man. This is a huge deal. 
huge, humongous. If you're new, if you're new to the program or just joining the program today, Connor Harding told us in Studio B that he has a personal goal for his team to hold San Diego under 55. Under 55. It's, it's, and and I, I mean, look at his response, right? So if you know, if you guys haven't heard uh, that interview, go back on the apps, DVR, whatever, when you get some ta- some time to go back and listen to what he said. And the answer was, I want to keep this thing going, right? And and we talk so much about the momentum and the spark. Um, And to have that mentality, man, is something something special. And I think that's exactly why we're seeing the team, you know, turn it on, um, especially on the defensive side, but just overall. Got that that swag, got that confidence. What do you say? I'm walking around with my chest. Mm-hmm. My chest out now. Mm-hmm. You know, when the teacher said, turn my homework in, I say, no, you turn your homework in. He didn't say that, but you get what I'm saying. That's, the, that's, that's why I feel like it is a big deal because it's guaranteed. I believe the man that it will be guaranteed because I'm going to guarantee his guarantee. This is a San Diego team that's 11-1 and one at home. Frankly, Brian, I'd be happy with BYU holding San Diego under 65 because traditionally speaking, historically, when BYU holds an opponent under 65, their numbers and chances of winning a game go up Astronomically, is that I, I talked about this on Saturday night during the broadcast. Is that eleven? Is that eleven for one? Is that supposed to scare me? Can we do a going for two on Friday? Can it you and I you? do a going for on two? Friday, and I do a guarantee. You. Hey, can, uh, I, can I do that? Just let me tell you the numbers. San Diego at home this season in home games, they've scored 83, 95, 70, 76, 74, 82, 85, 103. 61 is the one game that's been low that I can see. Uh, 71, 73. Typically, they're in the 70s, if not well above 55. Stats are for losers. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to none of that. You know why? Connor, Connor, he he has the karma, man. I know he He does. He has it. I know he does. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) You're not buying it? Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) Look, man, we don't care what you do. We don't care what you do. I'm not saying you, man. I'm saying San Diego. 55. That would be a season low in San Diego for the Toreros. 61 is the previous. And they the game they scored 61, they beat Grand Canyon. Is that they, big deal? They won is that, that big game. deal? <gasps> it's, uh, no. I mean, it's one player saying saying 55. It's no deal to me. Hmm. It's no deal. Band of brothers, man. What actually happens when, when on one Thursday. Speak, when one speaks, they all speak. that was a good one okay that was a good one next (laughs) sounds like spencer needs to buy a dog brian (laughs) last one big deal no deal the debut of the alliance of american football or af for short brian you're the football Mm. guy you go first Ah, this is a huge deal um I, i remember when i played and came out there wasn't a lot of opportunities playing in canada um away from you know my family and and my kid and um, friends and all that in, in a different country, and these guys get paid more a year, um, so that's great. And the entire league and former players, I know players like Troy Palomalu, really have a focus and invested in their well-being off the field, um, especially on the field as well, making sure that they're taken care of mentally, spiritually, physically. Uh, I feel like this is the first time there is a minor league for football uh, players to to truly get the tender love and care and nurture that they need and deserve, and for the first time, it's focused 100% on them. I say this because I've been talking to um, the, the Salt Lake Stallions uh, vice president of marketing, Michelle, and she's a wonderful person, and and she tells me all these 
wonderful things that the league, not just the, the team, but the league has going for these players. They're really putting them first. This is a big deal. It is for the players. They all sign the same contract for the same money. You can't earn bonuses for on-the-field performance, and I think that's great. But th- there's a lot of equality in this league, and I really like that. And, and it's not just a team has trainers. The league hires all the doctors. They hire all the trainers. So it's, if someone gets hurt, it doesn't matter what team you're on. The league officials are going out yep. and taking care of the players. They're giving fans access to, uh, to players and coaches on the sideline on like ever before. And then the whole replay review thing, yep. you're patched into the replay coordinator. You can mm-hmm. see them going through their thought process. It's all about access. This is... A well-calculated play by the American Alliance of, or the Alliance of American Football to bring in fans. It's football between February and April as well. I love it, love it. I got something to do with my life. I'm not bored anymore. More football. Hey, high-level players. Seventy percent of the players have seen action in the NFL. Exactly, exactly. It's a good thing, man. All everybody's equal. All teams, all players are equal. All you know, all players in every sport should be equal, unless you break records yeah. over the weekend. Well, and this is the thing. People are like, oh, Roger Goodell, he's freaking out, man. The AAF is in collaboration with the NFL. Roger Goodell, this is a tryout ground for a lot of different no. things. They're yeah, together. Maybe. maybe. Kind of sorry. Let's Kinda go sorry. to break. <laughs> what do we got coming up, Brian? Track and field. Players. Alumni, Breaking records. Uh-huh. alumni. Current students. Okay, current and an NFL streak. An NFL yeah. streak also in the whip. Up next, this is BYU Sports Nation. I said that part for you. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guest, Connor Harding. Some final notes before we go. Brian, women's basketball. They snapped their three-game losing streak. Beat Pacific 75-49. Nice. That karma. How about gymnastics, man? Scored a 196.425. They're ranked number 20 in the country. Nice. Take over first place uh, over Air Force Springfield and Seattle Pacific on Saturday. And then I know you care about volleyball, Brian. I love volleyball. You've got to stick with them through the hard times. They lost to number four UCLA in four sets. They've lost three straight matches, but they're home to Concordia this week. Get them home. Bring the boys home. I got faith. I got faith, man. Just like I got faith in BYU hockey and your jersey and them coming home with the Mountain West Championship. Let's go. Thanks for the sweater, fellas. Today's rise and shout goes to John Denny. The Miami Dolphins have announced they've re-signed their long long snapper extraordinaire. He's also the team barber. Nice. Longest tenured active Dolphin player. 224 consecutive games is the longest active streak in the NFL. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. What do we expect from BYU basketball with the final five? Five and oh, that's a wish, says TM Sherbel. Going three and two is what he expects, losing Thursday and to Gonzaga. Hey, go 4-1, right, Brian? Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Brian, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Alan Boardman. Go Cougs.